So today we're talking about living the good life. Um, it's an unusual. I don't know. It, it's a strange. It sounds like a strange topic, but uh, I put it that way deliberately because I didn't want to use uh, anything that mentions prosperity because once you talk about prosperity, there is the direction that people. It's like. Uh, unconsciously because of the teachings that we've had on prosperity people begin to tend uh, to think towards a particular area like okay um, now he's going to talk about tithes and offerings he's going to talk about seed sowing he's going to talk about this and that and that but i'm going to say everything but those things uh we've we've heard we've heard a lot of of those teachings about you know seed sowing about uh um, sacrifices about uh, tithing and and all of these things and they are beautiful. They have they all have their places in the in the body of Christ and in the covenant of prosperity. But we're, we're going to be looking at some more important things. Yes, there are actually things that are more important than than giving when it comes to uh, prosperity. But we will look at some of those things as we proceed. Let's take our first reading from Genesis chapter 20, 26. Genesis chapter 26 from verse 1. It says, And there was a famine in the land, beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and will bless thee, for unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father, and I will make thee, and I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and I will give unto thy seed all these countries, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge my commandments my statutes and my laws now let's keep to verse 12 which is a, a, a verse that i'm sure that most of us that have been in church are familiar with it says then isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year an hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. Isaac sowed in that land. Now, Isaac did not sow in just any land. There was a particular land that Isaac sowed. Okay, and we're going to take a look at that. And the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. For he had possession of flocks and possession of herds and great store of servants. And the Philistines envied him. Okay, so like I said, this is a familiar text in the Bible. We have heard about it a lot, but we're going to look at it uh, in, a different, in a different light tonight. Let's look next at uh, Third John, the third epistle of John, uh, and verse 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Let's look at one more text in Isaiah chapter 1 from verse, uh, verses 18 and 19. And then we will 
try and trust God to help us consolidate everything. Isaiah chapter 1 from verses 18 and 19, it says, Come now and let us reason together, said the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Now this is the catch. If ye, okay, this is the condition. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. It didn't say if you if you plant. It didn't say if you give. It didn't say if you give your prophet offerings. It didn't say if you if you if you make sacrificial offerings. It didn't say if you give your tithes. Now remember, I said all of these things have their places, but um, you know it's like it's like building a house. The 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 roofing sheet the the POP, the, the rods, the, the bricks or the blocks, um, the paint, everything has its place in building a house. Okay, but okay, so all of these things have, they, they all have their places in, in a building, right? But they will only be relevant when there is a foundation. So um, you, 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 you don't want to put the roof directly on the floor although it has its place if you put it directly on the floor then it's going to be a nuisance or it's going to be irrelevant okay so there has to be a foundation that all of these things can be built upon and those are some of the things we're going to be taking a look at tonight okay please um if you have any question at any point at all feel free to just uh, chat you know send a message in the in the in the chat section and um, i will attend to it as quickly as I can. Now, uh, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. In God's agenda, riches come through a process. There are no money misroads with God. You know when they say money misroad, okay? There are no money misroads with God. Um, God gives riches very deliberately, and uh, there are certain principles that need to be met. Unfortunately, most of what we have been taught in the church is giving 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 okay and it's good it's good i'm a giver okay by the grace of god i'm a giver um but let me tell us something and i'm sure that if we're going to be honest some of us here um you will be able to relate with what i'm about to say there is a saying that givers never lack but that is not true i know many givers that have lacked or are lacking or that will lack I am a giver that has lacked. So I can tell you authoritatively that giving alone, giving alone is not a guarantee for, for increase or for harvest or for you not to be broke. I know many givers, and if we are going to be honest and we look around us, we are going to know or, or we're going to be able to relate with this reality that there are people that are very generous, they have a large heart, they are good to people, but they are finding themselves in some very, very, very messy financial situations. Okay, and we're going to see why. Now, like I said earlier, there are no money misroads with God. Okay, uh, God, God's blessing His people is very deliberate. The Bible is very clear that the prosperity of fools will destroy them and so uh, I, God is not the only way people can be blessed okay Satan can bless people Satan can give people money people can can get money through other means so not everybody that has money 
is blessed of God. There are many people that have money that are not blessed of God. Okay, so so we're looking at if you want to be blessed by God. Okay, that's what we are talking about here um, tonight. So there are no money misroads with God. Uh, God is very deliberate. You know why? Because if you give people wealth and they don't know what to and 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 you don't give them an assignment for that wealth, they end up building idols. You remember the children of Israel when they were leaving Egypt? You know, um, they had all this gold, all this silver, all of this money, and there was really no assignment. They didn't know what to do with it. And so when they waited for Moses for a while, uh, and Moses didn't turn up, they were like, ah, these guys, we don't know what has become of it. Let's take from this gold. They just had so much money. They didn't know what to do with it. What did they do next? They built an idol. And it is still true today. When people get money before purpose, they end up building idols. Now, idols can come in so many ways. It can be in form of, of, of a job, it can be a person, it can be an object, it can, it can be a car, it can be a business, it can be, you know, it can come in so many ways. But there are so many people out there building idols. And the reason people build idols is very simple. They got money without purpose. Okay, so Proverbs 132 says that the prosperity of fools will destroy them. And who is a fool? Who is a fool, really? Uh, the Bible says that a fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Okay, uh, in, in Psalm 14 verse 1, it says, a fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Jesus, in the book of in the book of Mark, or in the book of Luke, I can't remember which one now, talked about a rich fool. Okay, the man said, oh, I have acquired all this wealth, let my soul rest. Okay, and what happened? God said, tonight... Your soul will be required of you. Why was it so? Because the man did not did not acknowledge God. So basically, in biblical text, apart from stupid decisions, what qualifies a person as a fool is somebody that refuses to acknowledge God. Okay? So the Bible says, A fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Not with his mouth. Okay? Not with his mouth. In his heart. So... A lot of people can be proclaiming God with their mouths, but when it comes to their heart, they really do not acknowledge God in their day-to-day decisions. So anybody, you know, the Bible says in, in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path. Okay? So as far as the Bible is concerned, as far as God is concerned, if you are not trusting the Lord with all your heart uh, and, and you are leaning on your own understanding, the Bible calls you a fool. Okay. And, it, and now, so when we take a look at that scripture again, that the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. We're going to take a deeper look into it. I'm just trying to um, get a foundation. Now, 3 John 2, like we read earlier, says, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So the Apostle John was saying that in God's agenda, our prosperity, by the way, the word prosperity uh, doesn't really, it, it doesn't only mean money. It doesn't only mean wealth. It doesn't only mean riches. It means to do well. Okay, to prosper means to do well, to excel at something. So prosperity is all-encompassing. It's not just uh, financial. Unfortunately, uh, the, the word is now synonymous to financial prosperity. But there are many people that have money but are not doing well in so many other areas. Maybe academically, maybe in their families, maybe in their health, you know, in their careers. They, they have money 
but it doesn't mean they are prosperous so money is not prosperity money is a part having money is a part of prosperity but it is not prosperity so when we talk prosperity i want us to see the bigger picture okay so god wants us to do well so beloved i wish above all things that you do well and be in health even as your soul prospers so john is trying to let us know something here that our doing well in life and our health is tied to the prosperity of our soul now remember in previous teachings i said but i'm just going to run through it man is a spirit he has a soul and he lives in in a body okay and i said that this this the, the, the soul of the man is attached to his spirit. So basically, the soul moves with the spirit. So when a person dies, it is the, 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 the spirit and the soul that lives. It is the spirit and the soul that either goes to heaven or hell. Then the body remains on earth until the resurrection. Okay? Now, animals, on the other hand, animals also have a soul, but their souls are attached to their bodies because they do not have spirits. Okay, so when an animal dies, the soul also goes with it. So the soul of a man is immortal, but the soul of animals are not immortal. Okay, I, I, I went into that extensively in, uh, in the teaching, the power of the mind. So man is a spirit, he has a soul and he lives in the body. The soul is divided into the mind, the will and the emotions. Then the mind is further divided into the memory, the intellect and the imagination. So the mind, the will and the emotions. So when God says, I want your soul to be prosperous, what is he saying? I want your mind to be sound. I want uh, your emotions to be balanced and i want your will to be in sync s-y-n-c that's synchronized to be in sync with my will so the prosperity of the mind is having a sound mind the prosperity of the emotion is having a balanced emotion the prosperity of the will is having a will that is in unison with the will of God. Now, please, uh, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. When God blesses a man, he either increases your income or reduces your expenditure, or he does both. When God blesses a man. So blessing is not always money. Sometimes blessing can come in the form of something you are supposed to use money for then you're getting it for free favor things like that okay so it's important we we have this in mind when we look at the blessing of god i just thought i should mention that now uh our prosperity and our health will always reflect how well our souls are prospering now the the uh, the, the prosperity of the of the of the mind like i said is a sound mind and the mind is divided into the intellect the memory and the imagination okay and uh, i wrote this down stupidity can make a person sick and it can make people lose money i believe that we can all agree with that as a matter of fact most people have lost money and become broke because they made really 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 stupid decisions stupid decisions the same way um a lot of persons are sick today because they made very stupid decisions now it's important that we note that the body of christ has uh, emphasized so much on god's provision for healing that we have abandoned god's agenda for divine health please 
understand this healing is not God's best healing is a miracle it's an it's an it's it's an expression of God's goodness it's an expression of God's mercy but it is not God's best uh, Adam in the Garden of Eden did not need healing people in heaven do not need healing so this this you know this is always a way to check when something is God's best or when it's just provisional healing is provisional miracles are provisional God created man in the Garden of Eden to live in the blessing not in miracles for a miracle to be made manifest in your life you need to be experiencing a crisis so miracle is basically God stepping in to bail you out of a crisis that you got yourself into one way or the other okay so as much as we celebrate miracles because it's the mighty power of God it's it's an expression of the mercy and the goodness of God it is important that we strive for something more to live in a realm where we don't even need miracles in the first place to live in a realm healing is wonderful okay it's great thank God for healing ministers but we need to receive a revelation of divine health in the body of Christ because God, he didn't say, I wish above all things that you prosper and be healed. No, he said, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. Be in health. Healing is, a, is, a, is an event or a process. Health is a state. And God wants us to be in that state of health. Uh, uh, you know, in, in James in James chapter 5, I like the way Kenneth Hagin puts it. Uh, James said, is any sick among you call for the elders? Okay. In other words, James was not expecting sick people, but say, okay, is there any sick among you? There is a provision for this and this and that. Okay. But being sick is not normal. It's not a default setting and we should stop accepting it as normal. Okay. Uh, these days when people have symptoms, I hear people, they're just having symptoms. You've not even gone for a test. They have already self-diagnosed and say, I think it's malaria and typhoid. For God's sake, what are the symptoms? Okay, your temperature is spiking, pyrexia. Okay, great. But there are a million and one other things that can cause a high temperature. As a matter of fact, any form of infection, your, your temperature spikes because it's your body's way of informing the system that there is a foreign body in in, in your body okay there are so many things that can cause a fever there are so many things that can cause a headache if you stand under the sun for very long you're gonna have a headache if you uh if you are dehydrated you're gonna have a headache if you have low blood sugar you're gonna have a headache but you see people have just accepted sickness as a part of our existence and so even before the sickness is given a name by a doctor we have named it for ourselves because we have so normalized it that it's okay to be sick now i'm not saying that uh i'm not saying if if, if you get sick it's because you you know you, you don't have faith or you're not a strong christian no, no no that's not what i'm saying but i'm saying it's just like uh just like poverty just like death these things are not normal we should never come to a point where we accept them and embrace them as normal because you can never change what you permit you can never change what you accept okay so sickness is not normal sickness is of the devil it is of the devil the bible says in acts 10 38 how god anointed jesus of nazareth with the holy ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for god was with him sickness is of the devil so it's important that we have this mindset and you know strive for for a life of divine health that is god's desire for us 
So you see, if you if you have millions in your bank account, but then you have to be spending hundreds of thousands of naira weekly for dialysis, that is not prosperity. That is not prosperity. God wants us to prosper and be in health, even as our soul prospers. And, and we're going to see how we can achieve that tonight, okay? We're going to see that. So, number one, I talked about the prosperity of the mind, being a sound mind, being able to make, you know, the right decisions and being able to make good decisions and profitable decisions, not stupid decisions. You see, uh, it, it's just like somebody that has been broke for a very long time and then suddenly begins to get some money. It's very easy for the person to begin to eat lots of meat. Meat, 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 meat. It looks like enjoyment, but it's a stupid decision. Because at the end of the day, you're going to overwork your, your liver, you're going to overwork your heart, your body is going to be in trouble. So a lot of people are actually sick because of stupid decisions. Just the same way a lot of persons, including myself, have lost money because of stupid decisions. Okay, so a sound mind. The, the Bible is trying to let us understand that our wealth and our health are connected to the soundness of our soul. And so we, we, we've seen a sound mind. Secondly, we're looking at sound emotions. Now, I wrote this down. An unbalanced and unstable emotion can make one sick and broke. Okay, uh, uh, the, the Bible says that a man's spirit uh, will sustain his infirmities, but a broken spirit who can bear. And the, the Bible also says uh, that, uh, um, you know, a merry heart, a merry heart, do it good like medicine, but a broken spirit strike the bones. Okay, so a merry heart, do it good like medicine, but a broken spirit dry at the bones. Uh, bitterness, I have seen people where their health completely collapsed because of bitterness. Okay, so our emotions, I am sure this is something that everybody can relate to. Our emotions have a direct impact on our health. So this is why it is important for our emotions to be balanced. Also, our emotions have a direct effect on our finances because they affect our decisions. There's something that I learned a long time ago. Never make a serious decision when you are very happy. Never make a serious decision when you are very sad. Never make a serious decision when you are very angry. Okay? Hurting people will most likely always make the wrong decisions. Hurting people will most likely always make the wrong decisions. But on the other hand, when you are very happy, it's not a good sign to make decisions. Ask Herod. Okay? Herod said, ah, come and dance for me. I mean, it was his birthday. He was eating, drinking, and he was chilling and all. And he said, hey, come and dance for me. And, you know, I'll give you anything, even to the half of my kingdom. For God said, what kind of a man will offer half of a kingdom that, that he had to pay the price in blood to earn? Just because of a five-minute dance. You see, so so if our emotions are not balanced, they can make our mind very, very, very unsound. Okay, so when you are very excited, either positively or negatively, that is not a good time to make serious decisions. I have seen, look, I have seen this happen, uh, especially with men of God. They come to a particular place and maybe the choir minister in a very beautiful way. And they say, ha, I am going to bring all of you to minister in my church. And everybody gets excited. Woo! 
and maybe the man of God meant it. But then he gets back to his church and then he begins to do the calculation and sees that, oh, that choir, there are actually 68 of them. If we have to put all of them in hotels and we have to fly all of them, we are going to go broke. And then suddenly you don't hear from the man of God again and then it looks like that man of God does not have integrity. He meant well, but he spoke out of excitement. And he wasn't thinking. He wasn't calculating. It's the same way. If we make financial decisions when we are when we are very angry, when we are very sad, or when we are very happy, um, it's very possible that we will make very stupid decisions that will ruin our finances in the long run. Can you see how all of these things uh, connect? And then the, the third one, which is what we're going to dwell on tonight, is... The prosperity of the will. Now, the prosperity of the will, like I said, is when our will is in sync with the will of God. When you and God are thinking and willing and wanting the same thing. And this is what we're talking about tonight. And we're going to see why you sowed that seed, you gave that sacrificial offering, you did this and you did that, and you did everything the man of God said you should do, or you did everything you knew to do. And your situation did not change. I'm going to show us tonight. Now, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Nothing authorizes Satan to attack a person's health and finances like a person being outside of the will of God. If you forget everything that I've said tonight, don't forget this. Nothing authorizes Satan to attack your finances and your health like being outside of the will of God. Now, there are different categories of people. I wrote six of them down. There's a category that says, you know, we are all automatically in the will of God. Like everything that happens is the will of God. I remember when I was doing my project, my final year project in 2007, uh, from Ayangba to Lokoja, I was traveling home. And then I saw this really terrible accident about... Uh, 13 people in that bus perished all of them died body parts all over you know all over the road and the, the vehicle that i was in the other guy seated beside me said ah it was the will of god and i thought what what god i don't want to serve this kind of god surely it wasn't the will of god look if everything that happens in this world is the will of god don't you think it would be unfair for god to judge people he programmed us right if he programmed us, then it would be unfair for him to judge us. Okay? If everything that happens on earth by default is the will of God, then why do we need to pray? Jesus, when he was teaching his disciples to pray, he said, Pray this way, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That was a prayer. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus is saying we have to enforce the will of God to be done on the earth. We have a role to play in it. If God's will is automatic, we, we wouldn't need to pray. Uh, you know, we wouldn't need to trust the Holy Spirit to lead us, right? Because everything has been programmed. So why bother for the Holy Spirit to lead us when the next decision I'm going to make automatically is the will of God anyway? 
you, you see why that notion doesn't make sense so there are people that actually believe this uh the muslims especially believe this uh there are other religions that believe this and unfortunately there are believers that believe this that we are fated everything has been predestined okay everybody has an appointment with death when your day to die comes you cannot escape it but the bible is clear that you can prolong your days with certain actions and you can shorten your days with certain actions how will we be able to prolong and shorten something that is already fixed okay so all of these um, things that what they do is make us irresponsible because they give us the feeling that it is not in our hands it's already been programmed by God so we are just uh, some computer programs you know doing the master's bidding whether we like it or not but this is not true this is not true okay so there is that category that believes that um, everything happens automatically in the will of God if it is not the will of God it's not going to happen if it has happened it is the will of God but this is not true it is very erroneous okay number two category uh, there are people that don't know that there is even a will of God they just believe we're on earth to do whatever we like and then at the end of the day you know those that do good God will weigh the good you've done against the bad that you've done and so there's really no will of God. Everything that happens is what we want to do. That is also another extreme that is wrong. And then there are those that really don't care if there's a will of God or not. They just want to do what they want to do. Okay. And then there are number four. There are those that are afraid to know the will of God because they think God is going to want to make them do something they don't want to do. Kenneth Hagin said a story about a guy that became born again was sensing the call of God into the ministry and was sensing the call of God to go to China and at that time China was you know the level of communism in China was really 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 high it was during the period of the Cold War just after the uh, I, I think it was during the Vietnam War you know the, the level of communism was really 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 high and strong and they were you know they were killing Christians they were sending Christians to prison and the guy was you know sensing this strong and and you know he kept running away from that call he kept running away from that call until he completely left church stopped serving god stopped going to church and was it several years i think about six years or so he attended the program and then he came under the conviction of the holy spirit and you know he he went to the altar and started crying and say okay lord i will go i will go to china i will go to china i will go to china and then the next thing god told him is i never wanted you to go to china i only wanted you to be willing sounds crazy right but we see a scriptural precedent with abraham god never wanted abraham to kill isaac he just wanted abraham to be willing okay but that's the problem a lot of persons are afraid to find out what the will of god is because they think you know god is going to ask me to leave my boyfriend or god is going to ask me to leave my girlfriend or god is going to ask me to leave this job that i love so much or god is going to ask me to go to this city that i don't like or god is going to ask me to do this or god is going to ask me to do that so a lot of persons completely put themselves in a position where they cannot even hear what god is saying anymore because they are afraid of finding out what god's will is if you happen to be in this category i hope you repent tonight okay uh, and then there's the category of uh some want to do the will of god but they don't know what the will of god is and i, I think a lot of well-meaning christians happen to be in this category they want to do the will of god but they don't even know what it is 
and unfortunately they also don't know how to find out what the will of god is um there's the, i think we did two weeks we did about six uh about 12 teachings on this we did uh, first we did six days on how to be led by the spirit of god the spirit led life and then we continued with walking in purpose so there are like 12 teachings that completely cover all of this okay so uh and then uh there is a final category of those that know the will of God and have refused to do it. Those that are in open rebellion. It is rebellion. It is rebellion against God. Um, now let's look at Matthew chapter 21 and verse 28. Jesus said the parable, Matthew 21 and verse 28. Jesus said, But what think he? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go walk today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward he repented and went. And he came to the second and said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Whether of them twain did the will of his father, they say unto him, the first, Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. Now, this is a very interesting, a short, interesting story. The first one said, I will not do it, but he did. The second one said, I will do it, but he did it. Remember the scripture we read in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19. If ye be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. You can be willing and not obedient okay um the first one said i will not do it so he wasn't willing but he eventually was obedient the second one was willing but was not obedient so you can be willing and not obedient and that was my case for several years uh god wanted me to go a certain direction in my ministry i was willing to do it i wasn't unwilling to do it i was willing to do it but I was procrastinating. And they said delayed obedience is disobedience. I was procrastinating until everything around me began to fall apart. And if, if the Spirit of God permits me, I'm going to say more about my own testimony before this teaching is over. Okay. But I was willing. But I was waiting for certain things to be in order. And you know, the, the, the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes that he that observes the wind will not sow. Uh, the Living Bible says that if you wait for the perfect condition, you will never get anything done. And that is the case with a lot of believers. Some of us know certain things that God wants us to do. And you see, God, God is not like us. He doesn't create clutter. If God gives you an instruction and you have not obeyed it, he's not going to send another instruction. He's going to wait there and be watching you until you have done this one if you have not done that one he's not going to say anything else to you but the problem is god has said something to us we have not attended to it we keep it in the locker and then we want him to say another thing to us that we will not attend to and keep in the locker until he eventually says something that we find convenient enough but god does not deal with us based on convenience he deals with us based on his own purpose and his own plans and his own necessities it doesn't matter if it's convenient for you or not so it's important that we know this a, a, a lot of a lot of us are actually willing but we are being disobedient by delaying the obedience. So I, I want us to begin to check ourselves now, okay? If there is something that God has told you to do, it's possible you have even forgotten. Like you have left it for so long that you have forgotten. I think the first thing to do is ask God for mercy. 
Second thing to do is ask for a reminder of those things. And then the third thing to do is ask God to help you compress time, all the time that you have lost. There's a, there's a technology in heaven that helps people to compress time. Okay, Jesus turned water to wine. That would have been several months worth of labor. Okay, planting the grapes, harvesting them, uh, 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 fermenting them, refermenting them, and all of that stuff. It takes process, but you know, God just compressed time and turned water to wine. So God can do these things. But first of all, we have to accept responsibility for our failures and say, okay, Lord. I know I have left this thing. Please remind me of the details. The Holy Spirit is there to remind us. Don't be afraid to ask Him to remind you. But you see, if we do not attend to these things, there are so many other things we may be talking to God about, and God will just be very quiet about it. Some people say God is always talking. We are the ones not always listening. It's not true. God is not always talking. Okay, there's a question here. Uh, someone is asking, what what is expected of one to do while waiting and seeking God for his will for your life? I know of praying and studying God's word. Aside this, what else is expected for us to do? Well, the, the, there is a word in the Bible called patience. Okay, the Bible says, let us be followers of those who through faith and patience obtain the promise. Uh, a lot of people think patience is just waiting passively. But patience is not passive waiting. It is active waiting. What is patience? Patience is uh, so while you are waiting for God to, to, to do some of these other things, you need to keep doing the last instruction that God gave you. So, uh, uh, okay, okay. Um, first of all, there, there, are two, there are two scenarios. It could be that you are already doing the right thing, but you are just waiting for your breakthrough to come. So you just need to keep doing what you are doing. But if it's a situation where you have been outside of the will of God, okay, your praying and your fasting is not going to do you much good. The only thing it's going to do is help you reconnect with the will of God. It's like GPS, okay? Uh, it's telling you go left and then you start going right. And then it will try and reroute and reroute and reroute and reroute and reroute until you eventually, you know, take the direction that it's asking you to take but if you insist on going your own way it will get to a point the gps will just be mom like it won't say anything to you anymore it's the same thing with god okay so for a lot of us what we need to do is realign ourselves with the will of god that's what tonight's teaching is about realigning ourselves with the will of god because you see um okay i'm getting ahead of myself now but since this question came up let me just respond to it the Bible says in in 1 Samuel chapter 15, I think verse 22, Samuel was speaking to Saul. He said, obedience is better than sacrifice. And this was literal. God was saying, I'd rather you obey me than give to me. The Bible says that the sacrifices of a sinner are an abomination unto God. Okay, but the prayers of, of, uh, of the saint are his delight. Okay. Samuel told Saul that obedience is better than sacrifice. Sacrifice is good. Offerings are good. Praying is good. Fasting is good. All of these things are good. But the truth is a lot of the trouble that we have in our lives can be solved by simple obedience. But we try to, you know, make it really difficult, make it really complicated, 
and like i said it's it's mostly because we find ourselves in one of these categories either we don't know the will of god for our lives or we know what it is and we just don't care or we have decided we don't want to do it but you see god can bless us to a certain degree by his mercies but the truth is there's a point he gets to that he can no longer bless us beyond that point so if you are outside the will of god you may be seeing some money you may be getting some prayers answered but it gets to a point that god can no longer do anything for you until you realign yourself to the will of god okay so um for this question i think what you need to do specifically what you need to do is actually find out where you are in god's agenda for your life okay and I'll, I'll talk more about that later. But I hope I, I hope I answered your question. I'll talk more about that later. Okay. So if you're taking notes, you can write this down. We've been taught that everything that happens is as God wills it. But Jesus said we have to enforce the will of God on the earth. If God's will is automatic, then we would not need prayers or divine direction. Even Jesus had to deal with a conflict of his will and the will of God. Remember in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus was praying, he said, Lord, if it were possible, take this cup away from me. He said, nevertheless, not my will. So Jesus, his own will was, man, let's find another way out of this thing. But he said, okay, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So even Jesus came to a point in his life that uh, he was considering an alternative. Okay? Some believe that everything in life is fated. This is not true because uh, it's just a way for us to be. It's just a way for us to be irresponsible. If we believe that everything in life is programmed by a super being somewhere, then we are no longer responsible for what happens because we are just responding to the programming. But this is not true. This is not true. Um, okay. Being in the will of God is heavily underrated. People no longer care. Uh, we are... We are directed by employment letters, we're directed by stock markets, we're directed by in investment opportunities, we're directed by uh, parents, we're directed by pastors, we're directed by so many other things except God. Like people really don't even care to find out what the will of God is. There's an investment opportunity, everybody's going into it and everybody's making let, 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 let me tell us something. There are so many investment opportunities that the moment I entered it crashed. <laughs> the, everybody else was making money everybody else was making money the moment I entered and put my money it crashed there were some of them that looked uncrashable permit me to use that term I don't know if it's, if it's even in English Okay. the moment I put my money I lost millions of naira because I saw I saw business opportunities that looked like good opportunities but i didn't talk to god about it as a matter of fact some of them even though i did not talk to god about it, god was talking to me about it i was having restlessness in my spirit but then i looked and all the facts looked great it i, I couldn't see where the problem would be coming from but you see the holy spirit knows more than us and, and I, I felt this restlessness in my spirit, but I went ahead anyway. And every single time I lost money. And then another one will come and I was like, oh, I'm going to regain my money on this one. And then I'll put more money and then I lost more money. And I'll put more money and then I lost more money. <laughs> you know, we, we don't even care what the will of God is anymore. And this is why it's impacting on our health. It's impacting on everything around us. Remember when I said I, I said prosperity is not just about finances. Okay, this thing 
uh, even the school you, you keep your you put your kids even the church you attend everything there are people that are stuck in churches where they are not growing up spiritually but they are just stuck there maybe because the pastor is a family friend or the church is close to their house or for, for one funny reason or the other no people don't care what God thinks anymore we just look at we just do our permutations and think okay this looks great this looks like a great decision okay let's go for it and we're losing money our health you know you, you know there's a there's a kind of money you lose and instantly you have high blood pressure being in the will of God is heavily underrated. Heavily, heavily, heavily underrated. And if we do not learn to realign ourselves with the will of God, we are going to keep gambling. And you see the thing with gambling? Uh, chances that you will lose are higher than chances that you will win. As a matter of fact, in a lot of casinos, the system is rigged to make you lose money. What you give to be in the will of God is nothing compared to what you will lose for being out of the will of God. Now let's go back to Isaac. That scripture in Genesis chapter 26 where people always used to say, Isaac sowed in that land and in that same year he reaped a hundredfold. Sow in this land and in the same year you reap a hundredfold. You know, it's great. But you see, you will only reap a hundredfold in the land you sow if that is where God asks you to be. Isaac, the Bible makes it clear that there was a famine in the land, okay? There was a famine in the land, and Isaac was trying to follow the template of his father. When there was a famine in the land, the father went to Egypt and was like, okay, this looks like a great idea, so daddy did it, I'm going to do it. And God said, no, don't go to Egypt, stay in this land. Stay in this land, and I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to prosper you. So Isaac prospered not because he sowed but because he sowed where god wanted him to be so if you are in the wrong church i don't mean wrong as in the church is bad if you are in a church where god has not instructed you to go you can see that you will do everything that they said people should do and everybody else seems to be getting blessed but you are not getting blessed why because you are sowing on the wrong ground. You are not where God wants you to be. This is very important. Remember, obedience is better than sacrifice. The blessing is in the obedience. If we, if we look at uh, uh, Genesis chapter 12, God told Abraham, get out of your father's house, okay, and I will bless you. The blessing was going to come, was going to follow the obedience. And if we look at, uh, if we look at Genesis chapter 26, when God was talking to Isaac about Abraham, let's look at Genesis chapter 26 and verse 4. There's something really interesting there. Genesis chapter 26 and verse 4. It says, And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and I will give unto thy seed all these countries, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because that Abraham obeyed my voice. Can you see? So the blessing that came to Abraham came as a function of his obedience. Primarily, every other thing followed, but it was primarily because of Abraham's obedience. The reason many of us are not eating the good of the land is because we are not willing and we are not obedient. Okay, uh, someone is asking that if one does not fulfill God's will for his or her life, does it mean that the person will not be counted as righteous? Well, no. Righteousness is a gift as a, uh, as a consequence of the of the 
of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. But uh, so 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 no, that, that does not determine your righteousness. Being saved determines your righteousness. The Bible says in Romans ten nine and ten that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord and we believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead, we will be saved. For with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, and uh, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So it is your faith in Jesus that imparts righteousness to you. Okay, but you see, not being in the will of God. It has two consequences. Number one, uh, you are going to, especially as a believer, okay, unbelievers can do a lot of things and get away with them. The laws for them are different. Every other person was having a haircut, but Samson could not have a haircut. You need to understand that the rules for people are different. If you do not understand this, you are going to get into trouble. Okay? So unbelievers can do a lot of things and get away with them. But believers, the rules are different. The rules are very, very, very different. So if you are not in the will of God for your life, like I said, when we started, one of the easiest ways to get Satan to attack your health and your finances is being outside of God's will for your life. If you're outside of God's will, there is a limit to what God can do for you. There is a limit to how God can protect you because you have given Satan a legal authority. You have stepped into his jurisdiction. You have given him legal authority to come after you. And you have deprived God of any legal authority to protect you and to bless you out of his mercy he can do a few things for you here and there but you will not enjoy god's fullest you will not enjoy god's best why because you are outside of his will and then there is the other part of it in eternity if you were outside of god's will on the earth you will be saved you will make heaven but you will not get any reward Okay, you will not get any reward because uh, it is only what we do according to the will of God that counts. Every other thing that we do, you know, it really doesn't matter. It's like I give a math test and then you're answering chemistry. You may answer the chemistry test brilliantly, but I gave you a math test. And so you have failed because you did not answer the questions that I gave you. It's as simple as that. Okay, and uh, we're going to look into that a little bit before we, before we round up. Let's look at uh, Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 20. Proverbs 28, 20. It's one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 20. It says, A faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. A faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. I think it's the same Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22 that says that the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he added no sorrow with it. So the blessing of the Lord always makes rich and removes sorrow, okay? And here the Bible is saying a faithful man shall abound in blessings. So a faithful man will abound in riches and will have no sorrow. Okay, so what is a faithful man? Uh, I, I explained this in some of the previous teachings, but I'm going to I'm going to just shed some light on it again. Faithfulness is not diligence. A lot of people confuse the two. Faithfulness is not diligence. Diligence means you know you put your heart into it. You are doing everything. Uh, you know, you 
going the extra mile, putting your best into it, and all of that stuff. And diligence is great. There are scriptures for for it says the hand of the diligent shall rule. It says, seest thou a man diligent in his business, he shall not stand before mean men, he shall stand before kings. So there are scriptures that tell us the blessings for the diligent. Okay, but diligence is not faithfulness. What is faithfulness? Faithfulness means being exact, being precise, sticking to the plan. So, if I tell you, go and buy me, uh, go and buy me pizza. Uh, I like, uh, I, I particularly like barbecue chicken. And I tell you, go and buy me one medium-sized barbecue chicken pizza. And then you get there, and then they are doing a promo, and then they are offering four peri-peri pizzas for one thousand naira. And then you go and buy the four peri-peri pizzas and bring them to me. Um, although you have been prudent, you have done well in the sense that you tried to make the most of little money, but you have not been faithful because you didn't do exactly what I asked you to do. Faithfulness is doing exactly what you have been told to do. Jesus said, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written concerning me to do your will, O God. There is a book in heaven written concerning everybody. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, I think chapter 20, it says, and books were opened, and the book of life was opened, and whoever was not found reading the book of life was sent into the lake of fire. What other books were opened? The book of your assignment. There is a script that everybody is supposed to live by. But so many people are going off script. What makes a great actor? A great actor is somebody that can interpret the script faithfully. You don't go on set and you start doing your own stuff. Okay? So, so the, 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 there, is, there is a manual written concerning everybody on earth. And at, on that day, God is going to open what was written about you to do. And then he's going to look on the other hand what you actually did. And then he's going to compare. The Bible talks about the 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 the, the called, the chosen, and the faithful. Many are called, few are chosen, fewer are faithful. You see, so there are many people that are diligently. It's just like you're on a race track, okay? You're on a race track. There are eight tracks, and people are running, and then you go and draw a ninth track for yourself, and then you run diligently, and you overtake everybody. Will you get a prize? No, <laughs> because you didn't run on the track. Okay, so there are many people doing so many things and Peter said everybody's work will be tried by fire and some persons are going to suffer loss. Although they are going to be saved, but they are going to suffer loss in the sense that everything that they did at the end of the day, it will just turn to ashes. They will just realize that, oh, I actually have no reward. I am only here because I am saved by grace. Why? Because there is something written concerning us to accomplish. And if we go on doing our own thing, uh, we may be diligent, but we are not being faithful. And if you look at, if you look at uh, 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 the definitions of faithful in, in, in the dictionary, I think it, it, it will bless you. Okay, Faithfulness means sticking to the, to the task, you know doing the exact thing you were asked to do okay so um, as a believer it's dangerous to be outside the will of God because on earth you are going to be vulnerable and susceptible to Satan and his attacks 
okay and then in heaven you are also going to suffer loss so it's like two zero and it's a really bad place to be so like i said uh what you what you give for doing the will of god is nothing compared to what you will lose for not doing the will of god we know of people like maria woodward etta amy semple mcpherson people that god called into ministry and in their days it wasn't common for women to be in ministry and they had legitimate reasons for not wanting to be uh to, you know for not wanting to be preachers but um well god didn't do anything to them he just left them alone and and satan found the loophole and exploited it maria would whatever had six kids she lost her husband and five children somebody will say well god is you know, god didn't touch them god didn't kill them but her disobedience opened her and her family up to the devil's attacks and we know of other ministers that god has told to do certain things they refused to do it and it began to affect their health it wasn't god that put the sickness on them it was the fact that they were walking in disobedience and the devil is aware of it he now exploits the loophole and attacks their health same thing with finances in my own case it was my finances it was it was it was like everything i put money into everything i put money into everything i put money into it was just it, it you, you know when the bible says that uh, in the book of Haggai that some of you you have earned wages and you have put it inside pocket with holes okay everything i tried to invest in for one reason or the other everybody was doing well before i came it looks like even because of my own money every other person too begins to suffer loss and it's possible Jonah was outside the will of God. He entered a ship and everybody else in that ship was going to die because Jonah was in that ship. So it's even dangerous to, to be around somebody that is in open rebellion, you know, that, that is not in the will of God. It's a dangerous place to be. And you don't even want to be around such a person because no, I, I'm not being, I'm not saying be judgmental. You know, so um, let us... Let us commit to doing the will of God because that is where the blessing is. Let us stop creating our own plans and our own, our own agenda and asking God to bless it. Let us find out what God wants us to do because the blessing is already on what God has asked us to do. The blessing is already on, in wherever God has asked us to go. Yes, there are people that went to, to the UK and they are doing well, but there are some people that went to the UK and they are washing dead bodies find out what god wants you to do there are people that go to lagos and boom they explode but there are people that go to lagos and it's like they they, they, they lose the little that they had okay so um like i said there, there's a whole series on this being led by the spirit of god there's a whole series on on discovering purpose and the will of god for your life okay but but it, it's important that we realign ourselves with god because the only guarantee to eating the good of the land is being willing and being obedient now how can you be obedient if you don't even know what is being you know required of you um someone is asking why do most believers feel that working in the church as an usher or a choir member etc is god's will for their lives well i don't know why they feel that way but i think uh the average believer is very, very lazy about finding what God's will for their life is. They just follow the trend. Okay, I like singing, so I should join the choir. I like doing this, so I should join this. I like doing that, so I should join that. Um, but yeah, a lot of people are assuming and uh, God will bless them as best as he can bless them. But then that's as far as it, go, as, as it goes. Uh, they will never really enjoy God's best. Okay, so as I try to round up, 
Your seeds and offerings will bring increase to the degree that you are in alignment with God. If you are in the right place, you see, it's like everything you touch turns to gold. So, so let's not look at people and say, ah, uh-uh, this guy just came to this town, he's selling pure water and he's already a millionaire. Ah, pure water is a good business, so I'm going to sell pure water also. Is it what God asked you to do? Are you even where God wants you to be? So we need to... <laughs> oh yes, passion and purpose are not the same. They are not the same at all. As a matter of fact, thank you for that, big man. The fact that you know how to do something does not mean God wants you doing it. I don't want to start talking about purpose. The fact that you know how to do something, the fact that you are good at something, the fact that you are passionate about something, doesn't mean that is what God has called you to do. Okay, uh, motivational speakers tell us to follow our natural this thing, uh, whatever you have ability, so you know how to cook well. You want to go and open an, uh, you know, an eatery, and possibly God gave you that cooking anointing for you to be a special blessing to your husband and to your family. But motivational speakers have told you that if you know how to cook well, you should open a, you should open an eatery. You know, so simply because you're good at something, simply because you're passionate about something, does not mean you should be doing it. Um, I'm sorry, this is this is a this is an extreme example. Permit me to use this. The people in the pornography business, they are good at what they do, but it doesn't mean God called them to do that. It doesn't mean they should be doing that. Okay, there are people that have made a career out of these things, and there are people that are making millions. People making millions from doing these really, really, really terrible things. And they are doing well at it. But it doesn't mean God has called them to do it. So simply because you are doing well, simply because you are making money, doesn't mean that's what God wants you to do. As a matter of fact, let me tell you something. If Satan needs to pay you a lot of money to keep you outside of God's will, he is going to do it. Especially when he knows that you doing God's will is going to create a lot of, uh, a, a lot of trouble for his kingdom. If it takes Satan making you a billionaire to distract you from God, he will do it. Uh, unfortunately for some people, he doesn't even have to make them a billionaire. He just needs to bring one boy or just bring one girl or just bring one employment of 80,000 naira somewhere and boom, they're already gone. Okay, it's so easy for him to distract us. So, 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 so easy. He doesn't even need to make us billionaires. But I'm saying if Satan needs to make you a billionaire to get you distracted, he's going to do it. The reason he's not making many people billionaires to get them distracted is because he doesn't need to. Um, they are getting distracted for far less. So, tithing, seeds, offerings, sacrifices, they are all good, but obedience is better. Because the Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. As a matter of fact, even when it comes to the anointing, you will find that you are flowing more and you are getting more results easily with little effort if you are where God actually wants you to be. While there will be people praying and fasting 40 days and 40 nights, going on top of mountains, praying, getting dry like broomsticks. I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to, to, to fast and do all of that stuff. Okay, but make sure if you are doing all of this, this do it in the will of God. Because there, there are people that are struggling and you'll be wondering what is going on. You look at this person's life and you can't find a fault. And you're wondering what is going on. He fasts, he prays, he's living a godly life. You know, he gives, he, he, you know, he's doing all of these things. What is going on? Why does it seem like the blessing of God keeps eluding this person? There may just be one area in that person's life 
that the person has either been negligent or deliberately disobeying God about and it 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 has affected Satan does not need much he needs just a little room that's why the bible says give no place it didn't say give no big room to the devil it says be give no place to the devil because he just needs a little he doesn't even need invitation he just needs to see a small loophole and he will exploit it when when you see people men of god for instance or people people you know people around you and it looks like they are doing everything and you can't really find faults in these people's lives and yet it seems like the blessing of god is so far away from them you know if you are close to them if you are close to them this is what you need to begin to do i am blessed with people that are close enough to me to tell me and and like i told you for for three years of my life you know i was struggling a lot it kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse as time progressed and and i was praying i was i was sowing seeds i was making sacrifices there was a point i had nothing else to give i had a 15 inch retina display um a macbook i had an ipad and my phone i just packed everything and said lord this is all i have left sacrifice boy still nothing happened and then every now and then, God will just send somebody. And it's not like you'll be talking and smoke coming out of their nostrils, fire coming out of their ears, and all of that stuff. No, you'll just say like, you know, this your this aspect of your ministry. Why haven't you? And I'll be like, yeah, I know, I know, I have to do something about it. I'm just waiting. You know, I want to have this sorted. I want to have that sorted. I want to have this sorted. And it kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And the moment I decided to obey God. The difference is like night and day. The difference is like night and day. Because like what what is the problem? God, what is the problem? And that is a question some of us will need to ask. And maybe this is not for you. Maybe this is for somebody around you. That you know, somebody that is honest, somebody that is diligent, somebody that is doing their best and their utmost, and it looks like every turn they are being frustrated. You know, walk to them in love and say, "Look, um, is there something? Is there something God has been talking to you about that you've not done?" Okay. Sometimes it's not that you are doing the wrong thing. Sometimes it's that you are not doing something. It's not always a sin of commission. It's a lot of times a sin of omission. The Bible says in the book of James that you know, he, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, it is a sin. So if you know to do something and you have not done it automatically you are as much a sinner as the person that did something bad you know um so 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 you know let's let's begin to ask these questions in love not not in a judgmental way like i said i I was privileged enough to have very you know wonderful friends in my life big man is one of them um, emmanuel Epo is one of them um several people pastor shola is one of them every now and then god will just use them to talk to me and say this aspect of your ministry you know we know you are anointed in this area we know you should be doing this why haven't you started doing something and i kept saying i know i know i know i know like i said i was willing it's not like i didn't want to do it but I was waiting for this perfect, you know, scenario. I wanted to have this equipment. I wanted to have these. I wanted to have these, you know, because I'm an excellent-minded person. So I wanted to do this and do that and do that. And time was going. And uh, God needed to get my attention. And so what he did was, okay, he blessed me to the point that he could bless me. And then he said, okay, you know what, guy? You're on your own. And boy, was I on my own. There was a point that my finances was in serious deficit in millions. Serious deficit. 
in millions. When, when, when your account is in the minus in millions, it was that bad. It's not that bad again. God has helped me because I obeyed. Okay, and, and so now if, if you're struggling in any area of your life, especially when you know you have done every other thing, okay, like I said, principles of prosperity, they teach us all of these things, but unfortunately they have omitted this part. A lot of persons have omitted this part. I'm not saying this in a judgmental way. This is something that I had to learn and the Holy Spirit had to teach me after so many years of teaching prosperity myself. Okay, and the Holy Spirit had to teach me. Even though I had seen some of it in Kenneth Hagin's book, it, it didn't really quite click until I began to experience anything. I'm like, I'm tithing, I'm giving, I'm making sacrifices, I'm serving God, I'm doing this. Everything, I've ticked all the boxes that they say, if you do this, you'll be blessed. If you do that, you'll be blessed. What is happening? Why am I not eating the good of the land? What is the problem? And I look at the scripture, if you be willing and obedient, and I'm willing and I am obedient. But there was just one thing in my life one area that I had kept God on pause and that was enough for the enemy to exploit our giving is worthless if we are in disobedience or rebellion our giving is worthless if we are in disobedience or rebellion that's Proverbs 15 8 that says uh, uh, the sacrifice of a, of a sinner is an abomination unto God Okay, so uh, for some of us, instead of focusing on that situation and say, oh God, turn this around, turn this around, turn this around, turn this around, we just need to go to God and say, okay, God, is there anything that I am supposed to be doing that I am not doing? Or is there anything that I am not supposed to be doing that I am doing? You know, and, and, and just find out these little instructions and it can completely change the course, you know, of, of your life. Like I said, this this can have effect not just on finances, but on family, on on health, on ministry, on on every every other area of our lives. There are people that were doing well in a particular place, and people said, "Ah, you are too big for this town. Come to Abuja now." And they came to Abuja, and that was the end of their ministry. And Ms. Omalara is asking, "Must we all be in ministry?" Um, no, we we must not all be in ministry. As a matter of fact, every every believer is in ministry in some form okay maybe not the fivefold ministry not everybody believer is called to be a pastor this obedience is in every area of our lives it's not just in ministry sorry I'm, I'm i'm a minister so i always use that example but no it's not just in ministry it's in every area of our lives so it could be as simple as the school you keep you, you take your children to it could be as simple as where you live it could be as simple as the jobs to take so for instance okay you get five job offers get five job offers and logic says you should take the one with the better hours and the better pay but it's possible god is actually asking you to take something else that doesn't look as attractive you know but god the holy spirit knows better than us so so in every area of our lives it's important that we we try to scan and find out what god is saying about this thing what god is saying about this thing especially when we're beginning to get a check in our spirits about it okay um so so it's important it's not just for people in ministry it's not just for people in ministry. It's for every believer. So uh, I, I believe everybody here has invested, is investing and will invest. It's important you find out. It might be a good business. It, it, the, the fact that God is saying don't do it doesn't mean it's a fraudulent business. No, it might be a great business, great for everybody else. But God is just saying, this is not how I want to bless you. Or you want to go into that relationship. It's not because the guy is a bad guy. It's not because the lady is a bad person. But God is just saying, don't go there. 
I have something else for you. I have other plans for you. Or everybody is going to this country, everybody is relocating to this city, and God is just saying, don't go there. And this is for every, everybody. We need this in every area of our lives. Okay, um, so I'm just going to end with this. There are some other things I wrote, but I'm just going to end with this because our time is quite invested. I said, we must commit to being in the right place and doing the right things. The master key to health and prosperity is walking in the will of God and being led by the Holy Spirit. Anything outside of this is gambling. Anything outside of this is gambling. Um, Kenneth Copeland, after he got married with two kids, he had worked in the military. He had worked as a, as a pilot. He had been a Grammy-nominated musician. Uh, God asked him to go back to the university, and specifically Ora Roberts University. And he was broke. He didn't even have the money. But when he obeyed God, supernaturally money started coming. The same day he resumed school, God directed him to Ora Roberts' office. That same day, it turned out Ora Roberts was looking for a co-pilot. Kenneth Copeland got a job the day he resumed school. And he could take care of his family. And working as a co-pilot to Ora Roberts, they required for him to begin to drive Ora Roberts to meetings. That was how Kenneth Copeland got into ministry. Can you see how God works? From a simple instruction of go to Ora Roberts University when he didn't have money. From there, he found more money, he got a job, and he got a calling. You know, at the time God was directing Kenneth Copeland to do all of this, he wasn't in ministry. As a matter of fact, he was a baby Christian. He had been saved maybe a year or two years. He didn't know much about God. He didn't know much about even how to be led by the Spirit of God. Okay, But this nerd just kept coming, it kept coming, it kept coming. And, and he told Gloria that, you know, I feel like God is asking me to go to to uh, Robert University and they were really broke and she said well why haven't you gone he said because we will suffer if I don't go and she said we are suffering now so what do we have to lose you know we might as well suffer in the will of God than suffer outside the will of God <laughs> you know so um, please let us let us check our lives and um, honestly assess honestly assess every area of our lives and see if there are areas that um, you know, we have not been walking in full obedience to what God has asked us. Sometimes a lot of us really mean well. We want to do it well. We want to do it excellently. We want to do it in a big way because he's a big God and all of that stuff. You know, I'm releasing podcasts now that I that I recorded with my phone. I am an audio engineer. I know better. I shouldn't be doing that. The, the audio quality is terrible, but I am releasing it. Why? Because God said so. God said do it. And so I am doing it. It was difficult for me to do it. Because of some of these things, like, oh, God, wait now, let me get proper equipment and do this thing properly. But he said, do it. So, Oh, yes, um, in the place of God's will, you have to completely ignore your own will. Just like Jesus did, not my will, but yours be done. The truth is, in this world, you're either doing God's will, the devil's will, or you're doing your own will. Uh, there's only one of them that can end up well, and that's doing God's will. So that's why I said the prosperity of our will is when we come to that place where our will is in perfect alignment with the will of God for our lives. And this is a continuous thing. It's not something that you achieve and attain once and then you can go and sleep. It is something that we have to continually, you know, it's a walk. It's it's a continuous process. It's a continuous process.